Hello everyone. This is a literary theory lecture on how the ideology is transmitted and how hegemony is imposed. As we have already discussed a number of things about hegemony in our class, when I told you to read the first essay and I hope you all have gone through it thoroughly. This we have discussed in details. But the second one which talks about the intellectuals, the formation of intellectuals where you have to understand the crux of hegemony and you need to associate it with the concept of ideologies. Okay, so if we combine these two lectures together, this question emerges and how the ideology is transmitted and how hegemony is imposed. Fine, so let's start. Marxist literary and cultural theory focuses on the languages and discourses through which ideology and hegemony work. For example, how did the small nation like England manage to control over millions of people in Asia? Where they were, bet were they were better than us? Were they were together than us? Of course not. What happened exactly is, they spent a lot of time in convincing us that their presence in our country is good for us. You believe that thing? This is how we got colonized? They imposed this thing upon us. They controlled our mind in a way that they convinced us that their presence in our country is good for us. Okay? So they proposed that the white race is superior to the blacks or the browns. The blacks and the browns cannot rule themselves as they are naive and incompetent. So hegemony worked because a racial division was put in place and then proposed as natural. For example, uh, or one, one more thing I need to clear that it was very effect effectively transmitted through literature, cultural practices and all sorts of methods. It was not imposed at the point of gun through threats or violence. Um, look at the real condition what is going on in India. We all are locked down as you know. But are we willingly locked down or the lockdown is imposed upon us using gun threats or violence? No. Our Prime Minister with folded hands requested everybody that it is good for you to get locked down, to save yourself from Corona. So what he did exactly is he made us convinced that what is whatever is going on in society and whatever is being done by the authority is good for us. So this is how they imposed hegemony. They never used gun, they are not using method, they are not using violence, they are using Hegemony. So, in quarantine period, hegemony is the realistic example uh, to show you how the people, how the authorities, how the upper strata society is imposing such things upon you. Now, the language in which the discourses and representative modes through which hegemony comes would be important. The linguistic and cultural terms. These things play attention to how how ideology how ideology is presented through the system of science language and cultural text for example uh, let me take an example of a doll a doll must be seen just as a sign okay uh, uh, the doll is a system or a sign of uh, representation in which femininity get coded in particular ways to be feminine she is to she has to and she need to like dolls and to play with dolls in certain ways to eventually become some like that doll fine so hegemony here about the notion and normative codes of femininity are not taught in a direct fashion they are rather implied 
so our interest in cultural studies comes from our interest in particular culture forms like doll or movies in which these codes are getting coded uh, let me give you an, an example another example guys uh, the role of a good mother she is the one who always sacrifices and uh, does bulk of cooking and other chores who is always forgiving patient and tolerant a composite imagine of uh, the feminine model that patriarchy society wants her to understand and more importantly assimilate this is the hegemony of gender roles you have this here you have implied hegemony of gender role gender stereotypes gender thinking all are given to us in the form of innocent films if you look at films and cinemas you will always find a motherly figure quite sacrificing quite intolerant different from mother means you can literally resemble it with a literally um, motherly figure only because for several years that is the motherly model that is given to you okay so these representations are extremely dangerous because they naturalize the ideology hidden in them the ideology in this is never seen as ideology it's only seen as fun or entertainment so therefore cultural studies uh, for cultural studies the decoding of the language of hegemony is essential to get what the exploitative power relations are if i just summarize it briefly in our interest in ideology and hegemony uh, we look at the forms ideological representation takes uh, we look at innocent representations actually, actually mask existing social material condition we look at the fact that these representation conceal the exploitative nature of the social order the inequal in, in nature of gender and caste and class women are supposed to do this only fem, you know girls are supposed to do this only men cannot weep men are considered not to cry okay they don't suffer they don't they don't feel pain such sort of stereotypical nature it naturalizes these relations so what is important for cultural studies is therefore to reveal the ideology in any representation or the politics of representation unless we tackle the question of hegemony we don't understand how society gets organized primarily because we assume that we think naturally we believe because we believe but no we need to understand that the belief systems like thought processes are inculcated in us through a very elaborate process and the process is the ideological apparatuses of the society the textbooks the game i gave you one example in class also some on the you know there is a street fight going on and you get involved in that suddenly your father will come and say tujhe kya lena dena ye to society ki ladai hai tu apne kaam se kaam rakh this is what this is somehow our fam that all ideological apparatus is first is of family okay the textbooks the games the entertainment modes are methods through which hegemony is internalized and when uh, we have internalized it we end up perpetuating them we end up playing the roles that the dominant class or an equal social system expect us to play so uh, this is all about how hegemony is imposed so there is another point that emerges out from all this discussion is whether hegemony is a sort of a dominance or can you call it a sort of a dominance so dominance and subordination power and powerlessness are not necessarily achieved through beating people up okay so guys you can take it as a crux points you cannot and you need not to achieve all these thing by beating people up it is also achieved by subtly through ideological superstructures 
Here Louis Thelsuzer talks about ideological super apparatuses like family, the church, the market, the female, etc. Repressive and if I talk about apparatuses, there are two sorts of apparatus, state apparatus, okay, ideological state apparatus and repressive state apparatus. Ideological that works, uh, that, that are literally working through your ideologies, that is your family, your friends, your school, the institutions where you are getting entertainment, the films and cinemas, etc, etc. But if you talk about the repressive state apparatuses, which include force, it requires your administrative powers, your army, your police, your rules, regulation, everything, whatever is there in the society or the, under law. Okay, so these apparatuses impose the opinion of one class of people upon the another class. For example, let me give you, if a teacher allows interrogations from student, so his her dominant position will get disturbed. If I allow you to interrogate me, so somehow I will find my position disturbed because teacher's dominance requires passive acceptance of the system of relations. Means if I need to, you need to interrogate me, even then I need passive acceptance from you guys. Okay. These are sort of social relations. Social relation, if you just divide the, even see, let, let us give us our example, teacher and student. If we can uh, inculcate ourselves in a sort of a social relation, me as a teacher, you as a student, me as a dominant, you are the dominated or the subordinated one. So I always in search of a passive acceptance from you guys. Otherwise, our relation will get disturbed. Okay. It's a general tendency. I'm not saying it always happens, but it's a sort of a general tendency. So hegemony operates through a far more subtle means that reinforces any or every system that is unequal power that is of unequal power if the teacher does uh, does not allow contradictions or the students himself herself uh, pats a puts a contradiction at some point that means a shift in the power relation getting my point that what what you will consider that thing a shift in the power relation in the class by saying that you may be the teacher but means don't say this thing ever in the class okay otherwise i'm gonna cut your marks so if, if a student just say this thing that you may be the teacher but i have a different opinion so the power relation between teacher and student will get a little disturbed so teacher don't want generally i'm not saying guys again i'm repeating i'm not saying it always there but generally teachers don't teachers they don't want that mean situation and they don't want that which means <clears throat> effectively they what what have been imposed by the teacher's point of view upon the students. Now, how this exactly operates, we don't know yet. Okay. If you say this is how exactly it operates, the answer is we don't know yet. Now, after this dominance, what the teacher gains or what we say, what does the institution gain after all this domination? The gain, what we call cultural capital. Please note down this point, guys. This is very important. What we call, what they gain or what the teacher in the form of a dominant group or a, the particular dominant group, what they call it, cultural capital. It is, an, uh, it is a non-measurable advantage by possessing knowledge, power, etc. Cultural capital operates very old ways like, uh, for example, I operate through influence, okay? I operate through prestige. Uh, influence is the system of power and hegemony where the influenced one can change the course of action of other people. If you relate my example with all these things, 
read it uh, listen to it again you will understand it that the influence is the system of power and hegemony where the influence uh, where through the influence one can change the course of action of other people as i can change your classes and uh, you know marks or many things at any other level and at any other time so this is how the influence is working upon this influence is cultural capital fine the influence that i am talking about is cultural capital prestige another word is prestige if you prestige is also cultural capital this capital is not you know monetized you can you do you are not supposed to measure all these things if you you know i cannot measure my own or monetize in a monetized way it doesn't have material benefit it changes its nature into something else because the person who has cultural capital becomes famous or influential and that person decides system of production power and social relations this brings to the heart of cultural studies in marxism so this is the core idea of cultural capital so this brings to the heart of cultural studies in marxism when we study and culture or practice where it is ipl you know calendars automobiles etc we are effectively talking about power system of production profits along with hegemony and ideology so here uh, we can take example of raymond william also here william argues that we need to discern between dominant culture resistant culture and emergent culture note down all these three points and uh, read it thoroughly about each and everything if you look at family it will work as a dominant social organization okay just segregate all these terms first family is equal to first they are dominant but they are within society so they are social and somehow they are working as an organization when each and everybody has a specific role to define so if you just combine all these three terms you will find dominant social organization or system it is idealized it is representative as a solution of the most of the social problems it is what gives you an identity etc so the dominant cultural practice effectively gives us an ideology at same point these dominant cultural forms and ideologies meet up with some kind of resistance where people say we don't want this we can't accept this thus the cultural practices also have a certain resistance cultural emerging emerging within there is uh, by resistance we don't mean violence again i am repeating guys by resistance we don't means violence here we are talking about ideologies that questions the dominant ideologies for example again in an example why do we have only male head in the family okay if you head of the family head of the family generally again don't don't discuss this thing no ma'am female can be a head it is there but we need to talk about the social system that is currently going on in our society okay generally we have male headed family why don't we have women centered headed family why can't we think of alternative pattern of government the moment this question emerges it took the shape of resistance culture where the resistance says there are problem fine so whenever culture is simply the culture is going on but whenever there is an emergence of resistance culture then only the problem emerges so if you say i am a 21st century guy i can question that thing so you are somehow emerging in a sort of a resistance culture now emergent culture 
starts as a subculture alternative cultural forms specialized and radicalized forms of culture within culture street plays tattooism in america it destabilized the stabilized dominant modes they offer new ways of thinking about family sexuality they directly address the ideological structure that rules they give us a critical shape where we can actually distinguish between dominant and resistant ideologies where we can actually say that yes there is an ideology fine guys so these are the various concepts of ideologies and if you associate it with resistance cultural power hierarchies you need to define it uh, in a various ways or i must say this just take it ideology as a tree and it has a it has number of branch branches and define each and every branch and you will find a close association and relation among these branches also so this is all about hegemony and ideologies if you relate these two things together you can cover up your first essay and somehow the partial partially your second essay okay if you have any question regarding this lecture please whatsapp me on your group i will respond you as soon as possible thank you